0: Hello and welcome to the Feminine as Fuck podcast. I'm your host, Monica Yates, a period and women's life coach, where I help women to harness the power of their period and connect back to their true superpowers. In these episodes, we will be talking about all things periods, vaginas, hormones, women's health, sex, confidence, food, femininity, and all the stuff that goes through our heads. You will walk away from each episode with new nuggets and truth bombs as I don't seem to have a filter and I love talking about all the shit that people are too afraid to say, but everyone is thinking. Ladies, I am so fucking excited for this episode. Um, It's quite a bit of effort on my behalf, but I'm totally there to do it. Totally keen for it, totally vibing, totally yes to this whole fucking thing. This podcast, I'm just going to say right now, is probably going to be the most important podcast for anybody to listen to, anybody, woman, child, man, daughter, husband, wife, dog, cat, elephant, whatever. Everybody needs to listen to this podcast. And the reason for this is every fucking day pretty much I get a DM about a girl that's gone to the doctors and a doctor said she has to go on this or he wouldn't remove or she wouldn't remove her IUD or you know um I was put on roacotane or like all these different things or like you know I was told I have to get a hysterectomy, is there anything else that I can do? And I'm just like what the fuck? Like these are 20, 23, 24, Some a little bit older. It doesn't matter the age. Although it is more alarming when it's like a twenty-year-old woman, which there is way too many of you guys sending messages in. Um, please continue to do so, but it's disgusting. At the same time, from the doctor's end, and this is a generalization, right? Mass generalization, because there's obviously some incredible doctors out there that don't do this. Um, and hey, let's 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 collab on this shit, guys. If you have an incredible doctor, can you please send me her or his details or a gynecologist or whatever? um and let's put together like a google doc actually i know what i'm gonna do fuck yes talk about hashtag collaboration i'm gonna make a google doc and i'm gonna put the link to it in the description so what you can do ladies let's not be mean and go and delete the whole thing or whatever that would be rude for everybody if you've got hate problems with this well then don't listen to this episode and i don't know go do something else um But let's create a Google Doc where I'm going to put like where you can put the heading in terms of like the city that you live in and your doctor's name and then put your name so we can also reference your um, name to that doctor. And then other women can go and find a really good doctor in that area. I think that would be absolutely incredible. Um, So what I want to do is, wait, what am I trying to say? I just got like totally inspired by that idea. So this podcast episode basically is a mass generalization because obviously not all doctors are like this, but there is too many doctors out there that are giving false information The wrong information, scary information, or whatever else to young women when they go and try and talk about their period. You know, there's every extreme from, you know, just skip your periods, you don't need them, to have a hysterectomy at 20 years old. Like, what gives and what the fuck? How can anybody in their right mind do this? And then one of my clients this morning sent me a fucking newspaper article saying that they've now created contraceptive earrings. Let me try and find it. Where are you? Where are you? Here we go. Um, yeah. Earrings as birth control. And it says, forget about popping a daily pill. Scientists have developed a new form of birth control, contraceptive earrings. The clip-on jewelry is infused with synthetic hormones, which pass through the skin of the wearer's earlobe. That's interesting um earlobe and into her bloodstream thus preventing pregnancy the earrings eliminate the need to remember to take the pill which can have a failure rate of as low as 0.3 percent if taken correctly in real world conditions real world conditions which i've talked about on my other episodes um, the failure rate is as high as nine percent for the birth control pill so they're saying that the earrings are better um, what the effing f we've now gone to earrings like how about we go to like women understanding their bodies and knowing that they can't get pregnant at any time of your cycle Q episode Whatever that is, um, let me actually go back and do that right now and find it while I talk because that would be good to be able to tell you what episode that is. Um, I, what I'm talking about, the episode is called, like, you can't get pregnant at any time. Anyway, what about we teach women an empowered – Option where they understand their body and they can trust themselves and they put the power back in themselves as opposed to putting the power in the drug in a drug because the bottom line is whether you put a pa- the power in your marina your iud your um, depo vera shot whatever you put the power into you are giving you are putting the power into something something else's hands instead of being like nope. I trust my body, I trust myself, and you know what you're doing. It's really fucking empowering when you know where your cycle is. Um, So the episode that you can go back to listen to about you can't get pregnant at any time is episode number eight. So listen to that one and also make sure you listen to the one of um, number ten, The Pill Fs You Up. Um, Actually, correct terms, is fucks you up because it really does fuck you up. Um, And anyway, I'm not going to get too into like the, you know, Oh, but this, but that, is crowded into the podcast. We all know that I'm a bit cutthroat with these sort of things. I'm not gonna beat around the bush. The pill doesn't do anything good for anybody. I understand that it can get that it can make your period pain disappear for a while, but it's still a band-aid effect, and we really want to get to that root cause. Oh, cue that I'm doing an online workshop called The Art of Getting Off Hormonal Birth Control on the 13th of April, I think it is. went to my when did Haley book it in? I think it's 13th of April. Um, and that's yeah, 13th of April, and that's gonna be at 11 am Sydney time, and it's gonna be fucking incredible. And also come to that if you have heady periods, painful periods, because all the protocols are kind of similar. Um, okay, so what we're gonna be doing in this podcast basically is I wanna jump into how to speak to doctors, but also I don't even know whether I'm gonna have time for that. That might need to be a part two, because I think it's gonna be a part two actually, because this one. You are going to be hearing different stories from different women, and they've volunteered to come on, which is really nice of them. I'm just bringing them on in fifteen minutes, and I'm going to pop their trunks in from our Zoom call, their our conversations in, and they're going to tell us their story. And now, this is not—I am not going to be giving them advice or anything like that. Um, this is purely as an as an um, as an awareness episode. So I am bringing awareness to the fact that it is common that you will go to the doctors and be told these these different things and I want you ladies to understand that it's not just you so a lot of the time women think that it's only them that this is happening to and therefore it must be the right option like the doctor's not saying this to every woman so therefore because he's only saying it to me I obviously have to have the hysterectomy no it's happening too much where women are being turned away and this is not you know, oh, if it was a man, I mean, if it was a man, it would be a little bit different, but I'm not, this is not a hate man feminist thing. We all know that I'm, you know, I'm not exactly all for the whole feminist movement. And if you haven't listened to that episode, I can't remember where I talk about that, but, oh, I talk about it in Asti's um, podcast, um, uh, which I can link actually in the description, but I'm not all about the feminist movement because it really has fucked the polarity of sort of things. And I should do a little podcast episode on that actually. Please send me a DM if you want that. Um, so I'm loving all the DMs that you guys are sending me with podcast ideas because it really gets my juices flowing. So thanks for that. Um, anyway, so this is episode is literally for you ladies to understand that it's not happening to you and shit needs to change. So also like, can we create like a little bit of a movement here? Like, please share this episode, share it on your social media. It's not to scare women. It's literally so women can understand that this is not their only option. Of course, it's an option, but it is the seriously extreme option and they are not being given the lowest hanging fruit from the tree The lowest hanging fruit from the tree is like generally speaking flushing out estrogen getting off the pill and getting your body in a state of homeostasis where your hormones are balanced that's generally speaking the lowest hanging fruit from the tree and a drug ain't gonna fucking do that so um obviously you can tell i'm getting a little bit passionate about this and i'm probably going to be throwing some serious f-bombs when i get these girls on but, um, yeah, this this chunk of the episode is literally bringing awareness um, to these women's stories, also acknowledging that this is happening and that it's an issue, um, and hopefully this will also, um, you know, invite more doctors to take a look at the way they're doing things and to invite more doctors to actually get some more education about this because um, I do know that doctors don't go don't get taught in depth about the um, female reproductive system when they're going through uni. And all they are taught is what um, hormonal birth control is the best one to be um, prescribed, prescribed, that's the word, for that woman's woman's problem, so they aren't given the option of fertility awareness method or turmeric or flushing oestrogen out. They are cho- they are told what's the best option. When I say best option, it literally means most effective and not getting pregnant option um, to give a woman. And that's why, generally speaking, it's the marina. But FYI, if you haven't had pre- um, kids yet, you should not be on the marina because it can get lodged in your uterus and it can really affect your um, fertility. So. Just a side note with that. Okay, let's, so I don't make this podcast episode too crazy long, let's jump in. Please, 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 lady, I just beg from the bottom of my heart and for all the women that are sharing these stories and for your friends and for your future daughters and blah, 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 just for the women in the world, please post this episode on your Instagram story and tag me so I can share it. Let's get this shit going. Let's really um, create something where doctors are encouraged to have another look at this but not even like we're not pushing this on doctors we're not saying it's doctor's faults we have the power within us to educate ourselves so let's also you know put this on our instagram story so that our friends can be educated so next time they go to the doctors they're not just shoved on the pill i got another email from a woman this afternoon being like help for some dumbass reason i i got a eye shot yesterday how can i get rid of it and it's like um once you've gotten the shot you've got the shot you know what I mean um and I just want as I always say this is just about bringing awareness and proper education to women so they can make an informed decision and if your decision is to get a hysterectomy if your decision is to get the IUD or Depo-Provera shot or be on the pill that's totally fine I just want you to have been given all of your options natural and unnatural included so you can make an informed decision for yourself okay let's dive in to the first beautiful woman hi emily hello how was your day been
1: very good how's yours
0: very nice as well i got a lot done okay so we'll jump straight into it can you please tell us your story about the doctors
1: of course so for a few um years now on and off i've been seeing the same gp um in regards to my hormones and my period issues so they've been like really um late i've had you know really bad, um, symptoms and, and pain. And I just, I've gone for like numerous blood tests and I noticed, especially in the past three months, my, um, PMS symptoms were a lot worse than what they usually are. And I was also becoming later and later. So, which means I was becoming more regular and symptoms were getting heavier. And it was just like so much discomfort and pain that I was ever used to. Um, and then also I used to like, rely on kind of like, you know, my birthright. Like I was relying on aprogesic and all this other like um, medication to soothe the pain and be like, yep, cool. I'll be, I'll be, you know, I'll be fine. But all of a sudden it wasn't working anymore and I just like didn't know what to do. So of course I, you know, went back to my GP, I got all the right testing done. I got all the blood tests done. You know, nothing was wrong with my thyroid or anything else, which obviously I was grateful for. But when I finally went back and saw her for, you know, another time to see what was wrong she said well the only other thing she could tell me was i assume it's stress and if it's not fixed within the next three months and i think this was back in like january december so obviously like we're past the three month um, point now but she said if it's not fixed within the next three months then my only um, other recommendation or suggestion is to go on the pill and I walked out of that doctor's office feeling so disheartened because that's the very last freaking thing I want to do to my body. I already know. And obviously, I don't dis- I don't risk, um, disrespect or disregard anyone who um, does decide to do that. But I know for my body, I definitely don't want to. I know all of the research and I just didn't want to feel that disconnected from my body. I, I know that's definitely not the solution or option I wanted to be you know, giving, like, it's just like, it's just like pretty much saying he's a band-aid, just, you know, you'll be fine. Like, it's not the same freaking thing. Just suck it up. here's uh, a drug.
2: Yeah. And I, the thing cool. is for a
0: lot of women, they'll go on the pill and actually won't do anything
2: yeah. or it'll I
0: make know, it worse.
1: I knew that as well. I was like, well, I'm just actually creating more problems for myself later on. I literally have no other reason to go on this pill. And, you know, I just, yeah, it just gave me so much anxiety, just like big red flag straight away. So I haven't actually gone back to see her. I'm still having um some of the same issues with my period. So I haven't i'm yet to find an actual fix of it. So I'm hoping with your That's in the mastermind we'll
0: yeah, talk about yeah. it. Yeah. I'll to exactly. That. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. But,
1: um But yeah, so when I just heard that from and I think as well, because I trusted her as well, like being my GP that I've seen for a while now, I trusted her opinion and I trusted, you know, like I go to her, I don't just see any doctor. So I'm really careful with that because it is in regards to my my health. And the fact that she just turned around and said that, it just really um, surprised me, I guess, yeah. Yeah,
0: so a quick question, Emily. Were you educated about the pill before you went in there? So you already knew it wasn't a good thing to be taking.
1: Yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. I've done, yeah, a lot of, um, it's come up for me a lot lately as well um, in regards to like health and well being um, and also just yeah, females' health as well. Like, I've been doing a lot more research around it and I just mm. know it's come out a lot, even just on my social media, like the people I'm following. So, yeah, definitely.
0: Awesome. And, you know, that's a real benefit in your situation that you were able to go, fuck no. Um, <laughs> and for a lot of girls, they don't, and this was me when I went on the pill, they didn't know that it's a bad thing. And that's sort of why I want to bring awareness to it of like, the pill is isn't. I've said it's a million and one times. Like I sound like a broken down record, um, but it, the, it's not a solution. It's literally a band aid. I don't care what your problem is. Yeah. Maybe the pain will go away for a little bit, but it's gonna come back and most likely worse when you yeah. come off it.
1: Because I do know all this stuff. Where I'm learning about it now. I'm trying to educate my girlfriends who are on the pill. Like I have this one girlfriend, and she literally is so scared of coming off the pill. But she make, make sure it. she comes to my workshop. Yeah. Yeah, I know okay. the first person I thought of, but I okay, was good. So scared. she doesn't even, but she also doesn't remember what her body was like before she went on it. So she can't even be like, this is a before and after.
0: I know. And that's the problem. Or the biggest one is, um, is libido because mm-hmm. your libido isn't developed when you're like 16, when you yeah. go on the pill. So you think yeah. that when you come off the pill, when you're on the pill, Oh, I'm just meant to not want to have sex with my boyfriend. I'm like, no, yeah. you're meant yeah. to want to have lots <laughs> of sex with your boyfriend, but they don't have really, anything. Like you said, exactly. they don't have anything to compare it to. Yeah.
1: And even a few years ago, like I was, when I didn't know as much information, but I, I've still always been just kind of like anti-pill. Mm. But um, I, I was around um, my circle of friends and I had two friends in that in that group who would take the pill, obviously for their own reasons, like that's fine, but they would take it and they would choose when they, be, oh, I don't want to get my period. I'm just going to take it. Oh, I don't want this. Oh, I, oh I, skipped it. I skipped it. You know, I forgot to take it. And I was just like, oh no, like you don't know what you're doing to yourself. You know what I mean? And it's like, to me, it's almost like a form of, self-love you know what I mean like oh 100% when it, when
2: I was saying run, say
1: to, to a five-year-old little girl oh okay that's right just take this oh but 10 years later it's okay to take it it's not
0: you know? yeah no and I was saying before um in your the first interview so I was saying in the intro like this isn't saying like you know um you know you're a terrible person you've taken a pill yeah, I've I taken the pill you know like so many of us take I've ta- I've taken the pill you know yeah. so it's not about that it's actually just about education like I was saying and yeah. again it's just like it's a form of like self-abused when you take okay. it and to, to, to shut down your cycle a lot, like when we don't when we don't know it's obviously not self-abuse because we don't know what we don't know but the problem is that it's literally disconnecting us from our cycle mm-hmm. which is such a problem because then we know nothing about it we feel so disconnected and that's why a lot of women have struggles you know to connect to the feminine because we shut down that whole area
1: yeah, and I think also because I think if it was a male doctor telling me this, I would have been like, okay, that's fine, fair enough, because it was a female doctor like I said I trusted, I was definitely a lot more surprised. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, awesome. Thank you so much
0: Emily for sharing. Thank you so much. Thanks. Hi Charlie. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? Thank you so much for being here.
2: Thank you for having me.
0: Um, okay, so we'll jump straight in. Can you please tell us your story and your experience with doctors and your period and cycle and all that jazz?
2: Okay, so mine sort of started when I was probably about 19. I had suffered with acne for so many years and I went to my GP and he had just said to me that he would put me on the pill and they would put me on Diane 35, which I found out later was a very high dose pill. Um... My skin slowly cleared, but not to the point that I was even happy with it. Like it was still quite bad. Um, then what happened is probably fast forward a few years and I was having, I was having to have a pap smear done yearly. So what happened was after a few years, he had said to me that, look, something's come back abnormal. There's something on your cervix that will look further into it. So anyway, he goes, I refer you to a specialist. Went along to my specialist appointment and I questioned her as to why does this happen? Like, I'm at this point, I was 23. So, I got cysts on my cervix, yeah. So, she did a colposcopy, colposcopy and a biopsy. Then, um, I said, like, why's it happened? She goes, well, what pill are you on? And I told her, and she goes, well, it is a very high dose pill, and that has probably caused this. So, um, she'd recommended that maybe I speak to my GP about going on one that's a lower dose. So I went back to my GP and he, he said to me, he was rude about it. Like I'd said to him that I'd like to go on a lower dose pill because I want to sort out my cervix issues. And he was like, well, your skin's going to go back worse. And I said, well, that's just, that's just not the problem right now. Like I just want to sort the cervix issues out and then I'll work on my skin down the track. So he, he did like eye roll, gave me a prescription for another pill anyway um kept going for my yearly pap smears because of having an abnormality and then probably three years down the track happened again had had the abnormal pap smear went back to the specialist again this went on until i was 36 so it went on roughly every three years i was having to go back to the specialist yeah because my cervix would flare up and um I said to her when I went for my appointment, when I was, this was probably, this was nearly three years ago, that um, we're looking at starting a family, my partner and I, and that, like, what are we going to do? And she said, all right. So anyway, I had my colposcopy and biopsy done again. And at this point, I probably had, I reckon 10 of them done over a period of like 14 years, I would say. And she, the day I rang for my results, she can't. It was it was weird. Like I knew something was wrong because she just like would divert me to reception, then divert me back to the nurse, and then back. Like something was, and I just felt the same was wrong.
3: Mm.
2: So anyway, she come on the phone and she just said, "Look, your results haven't come back how we'd hoped, and that I booked you in for the thirteenth of September, and we're going to do a let's procedure where we remove the thumbnail-sized piece of your cervix. Um, it's all very straightforward. You'll be fine." I'm like, "Oh." Okay, and then that was it. Mm. <laughs> that was the end of the conversation. Um, I showed up, I like, get the paperwork to go to the hospital. That honestly up makes up. my heart hurt. Like, this is not me, and my heart is like mm. aching right now for you. It's, yeah, it was just all just fobbed off and rushed. You know what I mean? Like, it was all just, it all just happened so fast. Mm. I turn up at the hospital the day to have the lets done, and I didn't even know that I would be given a full general anesthetic. I thought I would be awake. So I was given a full general. I signed, I signed my consent form as I was about to jump on the table to have the procedure on. Fuck. So it was all just it was all just so rushed, and, yeah anyway so that and when you think
0: about been... the energetic side of things there's none of that factored in in terms of like the sacred space of our yoni when mm. someone just goes down there and like attacks it whether it's for mm. a medical emergency or not when there's no you know um respect really towards it and you're afraid it, it can cause energetic mm. blocks later on which women don't realize anyway keep going so yeah i had the
2: procedure done the next month my obviously my cycle went back to normal I um, we started trying to get pregnant that next cycle. I felt pregnant straight away, which was amazing. So at that point, I was thirty six, and you know you get told all these things that it won't yeah. happen straight away. Got pregnant straight away. We everything was going fine, but I had this feeling at probably about eight or nine weeks something wasn't right, and I thought like I'm not I'm not somebody that like over worries about things and over analyzes things. I just felt like something wasn't right we went for our 10 week appointment with our obstetrician and he had said that unfortunately the pregnancy had ended at eight weeks and that he was surprised that I hadn't, my body hadn't actually, you know, miscarried and that I ended up having to have a D and C done. So I had that done. Then he said, if you can't, when you resume trying to get pregnant again, if you don't get pregnant straight away, then come back in six months. So anyway, at this point we, we, I wasn't open to IVF. Yeah. I just wasn't open to that because I, you know, I just wasn't open to it. And we'd hit the 12 month mark from when we first fell pregnant to when we were still kept trying. So we've been trying for at this point, 10 months and nothing had happened. And so we decided that I was also due to go back to my 12 month follow up. Let's follow up appointment for um, my colposcopy and my biopsy. And I just said to her, because my gyno is also a fertility specialist as well. So I said to her that, look, this is what's happening. We aren't getting pregnant, blah, blah, blah. So she said, look, maybe I'm um, looking to have some further testing done. And she gave me a heap of things that I needed to go and have done. So I had all the testing done, had blood done, had everything done. And she, we went back for our appointment, which was probably two months down the track, by the time I had everything done. And she had said that my egg reserve was quite low and that my fertility age was forty seven. And at that point I was 37. Wow. So um and she said and she said, um, basically your next plan of attack is just to start IVF immediately. I love it um, how they're immediate. We're gonna try like one. don't try
0: like X, Y, and Z. It's like more yeah. more procedures, more medicals, more money, more money yeah. for them. As opposed to, like, here are some natural solutions you could do at home.
2: Yeah, but it, it yeah, it just it blew my mind. And at that yeah. point, I was like, oh, okay, well, this is maybe this is they're a doctor that I trust. Yeah, well, that, exactly, fine. that's right. We trust them. And that's how it's been. I think all along with my female issues, so I've always trusted the doctor. Which, looking back now, I probably shouldn't have. Um, no, we all
0: do. We all. But, it's a fair enough assumption, right? They have mm, studied absolutely. for X amount of years at uni. You'd think
2: they would be able to support us when we need it. Absolutely. And so we went for our fertility appointments through a different clinic and then still same doctor, but different under a different banner. And um, she just basically said, we're going to have to put you on the highest level drugs, Fuck. try and get trying to get as many eggs as we can at once. So we've gone in first round. We I got one egg. Went in wow. for a scan after having on the highest dose drugs she could possibly give me. All I got was all we got was just it's one egg, but it's no different than a normal cycle. Mm. So I'm like, the drugs have done nothing. So she's like, okay, well we'll try again because you know every month's different. Anyway, next month we go in and same same exact same method, same level of drugs. Um, again, we had one um, good sized egg on my left side and a tiny one on my right, which would equate to nothing that yeah. the nurse had said doing the scan. So anyway, we sent home. Again, the uh, cycle was cancelled. They give you the trigger injection with support. You have timed intercourse and hope it works. So anyway, didn't work. So we've had two, two cycles, exactly the same pretty much. And she's like, well, this isn't really working and I can't put you on any higher dogs. So we're going to change the method. So she goes, this particular cycle was done over two months and we will hopefully get a good result. We'll get as many eggs as we can. And at this point I'm kind of thinking, well, shouldn't we just have quality over quantity? Mm. Like we just want one baby. We're not hoping to get a, you know, a whole freezer. (laughs) 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 At that point, we're just like, okay. So we trust what she's saying. We um, went through this different method, going for a scan as per usual to count, count a follicle count. And there was, um three so then they said okay we'll keep it on and we'll come back on the Monday so this was like three days later we're due to go back and um so the nurse has done the scan and there was four eggs so we thought oh beauty we didn't expect to get that extra one and um so they booked us in to have our egg collection so I went into theater had my eggs collected then um obviously they were trying to they put the egg and the sperm together hopefully the next day we would have a an answer with how many fertilised. Got a phone call the next morning. Nothing fertilised. So I thought, okay, like it's these things happen, you, hit, you know. And I was like, at what point do we stop? I thought mm. that you know, after the first cycle, you get some eggs, put them in the freezer. Next month we'll put one in. We'll have a baby. Easy. Yeah. Um, she's then pushed me into the fourth cycle, and she said, look, we well, just go back into it. We will do the same method over again. We've had a good result. We've got four. We know that you can produce more than one. So we'll go back at it again, but this time we're going to give you an extra, a new drug. So we're going to add a new drug to the combination of that we're giving you already. So I'm like, Oh, cool. So she's like, this one's got some, amazing, had some amazing results at this point. I'm doing a nose spray plus doing two lots of drugs a day. Yes. And they were highest dose that they could give me. I felt pretty, but like, I felt normal. Like they, okay. I, I didn't feel like they were doing anything at okay. this point, but I still well, That's lucky, you
0: know, cause a lot of women yeah. wouldn't feel normal. So that's really good. At least so, you didn't I, have to cut the
2: side effects. So that was, I think that's probably what made us keep going back. Yeah, if of I course. Felt, felt terrible and was psycho. Then I would never have gone through <laughs> that. Far. So full cycle had extra drugs. Um, we only ended up with one egg. So that's like, we didn't do anything either. Anyway, at this point, um, they were still pushing. To keep trying again, I've done like you know five four cycles back to back, and um, I thought, oh well, you know, we'll at this point I was done. So I and they kept pushing for me to come back for appointments, and I just said to my partner, this doesn't doesn't feel right. And they're like, you know, just come back. Well, she's gone on leave. The doctor we were seeing had gone on leave. There's a new one that's come in, and she's got you know she's a new she's been overseas studying, and I mean, okay, like she'll have some extra skills maybe that the other one didn't. So anyway, going to see her and I just, something didn't sit right. My partner said, oh, you know, she seems right. She seems a bit more knowledgeable than the other one. And I just said, I don't know. They're trying to push me, push me to book a follow-up appointment to go back Mm. and start my cycle. And I just didn't feel right about it. But anyway, I ended up booking. We went back and spoke to her and she was constantly pushing me. We're going to give you the high dose drugs. We're going to do a collection. Just be ready that we're going to collect it, whether there's one egg or not. Like, oh, no you know, option. She, it's like it's happening, like, bitch. Not, she was, like, I just felt like she was constantly pushing me into. it. Yeah, life. what the fuck? So she's sorry, and I was like, what? Like I said, I don't want to be overstimulated. Like I don't yeah. want my drugs. We're going to do a low dose. And I'm thinking, why don't I get a say in this? At yeah, this what's point, your I was, body? Yes, I, I was annoyed at this point. And I said no. I said we're doing a low dose, or I'm not doing it. Good on you. She goes, and I just stuck to my guns with it, and I was I was probably I was rude in the room. Oh, the but room. you know what? You have
0: to be rude to the, to a lot of doctors, and I've had the experience as well. Where you're just asking for your blood mm. done. No, 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 and I and I'm a tough cookie to crack, and yeah. I it will still really, really affect me. They really crush your confidence. No, 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 and I'm like, girl, you gotta just like be
2: a fucking bitch to get through to them. That's what I felt like in there. Like I, I said to my partner when we left, I said, was, was I rude?" Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, um, no, you just stated your case. Like he said, I don't see, like there was anything wrong with that. Yeah, 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 <laughs> um, yeah, good. So yeah, she reluctantly gave me the prescriptions for what I was after. And the funny thing was when we went to fill the drugs at the chemist, they'd given me so much more stuff than what I was, what, that I used in the cycle. So they over, they over prescribe all this stuff. And it's just, I got, an, I, I got given enough drugs for that cycle to last me three more cycles what the hell and i was like what like what is wrong with that like what's like why why are they so trying to push push drugs and um anyway that cycle we went back for our scan there was one egg again so i just said to my partner like we're taking a break like i'm done with this like i just can't keep going through it it was it was more to the fact that i'm into more of a holistic approach to things. Yeah. I barely take a all. So for me to do months of IVF on high-level drugs goes kind of against what I'm about. Mm. Um, but yeah, it was, it was just... And now we're to the point that I just, I've just i had massive gut issues. Yeah, most, I'm not like, surprised, most, unfortunately. And it's the, I think the, it was almost an excuse for me to stop IVF because I was diagnosed with um, SIBO yeah Okay. So, yeah. so i'm just like you know what like i'm i'm taking a break and i'm just yeah. having time for me and i'm going to get over this
0: yeah yeah amazing and yeah, focus just, on that just, quality, just, not just, quality
2: not quantity because
0: it's just yeah, about absolutely. like it's just about we need to like flush the estrogen out make sure you come to my coming off your period uh coming off the hormonal birth control online workshop because all the stuff oh, yeah. in there is going to apply to you as well Massive estrogen detox, make sure all this shit is out of your system and then focusing on really boosting yeah. the quality of your egg health. So even if there's one egg, but really high quality, it can be fertilized.
2: Yeah, yeah well, know, so we're not hoping to have five children. Like, yeah, exactly. Seven, one. But, Amazing.
0: Um, okay. Thank you so much for sharing your story, no Shirley. Thank you? you. You're very welcome. Um, okay. I'll see you hopefully at the, um, the workshop. And if you need anything, just send me an email.
2: All no right. Thank you. you
0: welcome. Have a good night. Thanks. Bye. Hey, Georgia. Hey, Monica. How are you going? I'm good. Thank you so much. For, thank you so much for jumping on. Pleasure. So can you please tell us about your story with the doctors and your cycle? Yes. So my story started
4: when I was still quite young. I was still in high school um, and my period pain just was getting worse and worse and worse and um, worse. I'd never been told about period pain, so didn't really know what it was, um, but it was very painful, um, and it was happening, you know, every time I got my period. Um, I was put on the pill eventually. My mum sort of n- picked up on the fact that my pain was quite bad, um, so when I went to move out of home, she sent me off to the doctors, and I just got put on a pill straight away. Um and that lasted for a little while. I was terrible at taking it. So I had my period a lot. Um, and from there, it just got worse. So I have endo. Um, I had extreme pain um, mm-hmm. to the point where I couldn't go to work. Um, I was just curled up in a bowl on the bed, crying. I was sick sometimes because of the pain. Yeah. Um, It was horrible. Yeah, it sounds horrible. Yeah. (laughs) It also came with like extreme bloating, um, really low moods, um, like water retention, just so many other – I got acne and stuff as well. It just came with so many other symptoms that were making me really uncomfortable. Um, I could hardly move sometimes. So – that went on for a while. I saw a few doctors in between. Um, and every time I just felt like they didn't believe how bad it was. For so me. would you go
0: in there and, uh, and tell them how
4: bad the pain was and what would, and what would they say? Um, so, yeah, I'd tell them how bad the pain was and they'd just tell me that it was, um, it was just period pain, um, <laughs> nothing you can do about it. Typical. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, and i tell them that I didn't like the pill. The pill gave me quite side effects that I didn't like, um, yep. so I didn't like the pill, so they'd just tell me and I was terrible at remembering it, um, so they'd just tell me, you know, set an alarm on your phone and try this pill. it'll be different." And then the mini pill, and then just all these different brands of pills, um, And it never lasted because I didn't like taking them and I didn't. Did like they try it and put you film. on a marina? They didn't. Um, I actually pushed to get myself on a marina. Mm-hmm. So I have one now. Yep. Um, it's still in. I am contemplating getting it out because I yep. don't like it. Yep. Um, so I did a lot of my nature is I will research everything. Yep. So I did a lot of research into all of this. Yep. Um, I eventually found a doctor that would listen to me. Beautiful. Um, and he, he was a male, of all people. Yeah. Um, and he, you know, got me in for, this was years, like seven, eight years after I started getting yeah, wow, and was putting up with the pain. And it was because no, I was missing work and no. Um, so he finally listened to me. I went and got, um, you know, all my internal ultrasounds and mm-hmm. all that fun stuff um, and sent me to a gynaecologist so I went to this gynecologist to get this Myrena in. Um, she pretty much told me, can't see anything on the ultrasounds. You can have an operation if you want to. My advice would be, have your children, get a hysterectomy. <laughs> that was literally how she told me. Said um, with so much love. Yeah. So <laughs> I get that they can't perform miracles on things like this, but yeah. never once was it suggested to me to go see a nutritionist. Mm. Um, or anything like that. It was surgery, contraception, stop your periods, getting hysterectomy. Yeah, beautiful. Uh, Being a 24-year-old who hadn't decided yet whether she wanted to have children or not. um, And what a time pressure thing.
0: Yeah.
5: Like
4: pop it out
0: this year or you're fucked.
4: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Like I've got things to do. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I've got things to work out. So that was... Like I just called my mum afterwards and I was just so overwhelmed. I was like, mum, she's just told me to have babies and get a hysterectomy like I'm 24 years old.
0: Were you in a serious
4: relationship? Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. um, we've been together for a really long time. It's been seven years. Okay. Um, But... Doesn't change. You you're 24 you don't want to have kids 24. look it didn't and for us for us we're still not ready and that was yeah two years ago yeah um and I still don't know it, you know I'm, yeah. I'm still undecided about it all because I thought I had time um, yeah <laughs> and yeah it was just and you know I got my Mirena in and it's been two years in now I I do hardly get a period um mm-hmm. But I get side effects, like I have put on a lot of weight. Mm-hmm. Um, I still get symptoms around the time of my period. Yeah. Um. So I'll still get bloating and things like that. But um. I just feel, it doesn't feel right in my body. Um, and I really do want to work out like, you know, getting nutrition correct and, and mm. things like that to get it back on track and, and help this. Um, Make but, sure yeah, you f- mention this in our one-on-one, won't
0: you, for the Mastermind, and we can talk about it as yes, well. Yes, yes, cool. it's on the top of my list.
4: Great. <laughs> good, good, good. <laughs> I'm hoping, yeah, I'm hoping that in the Mastermind, definitely you can help me out with it. Yeah, I know yeah, do I will. Yeah. Just, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so I want to be able to do that, but, doc- you know, doctors are meant to be the people that we can go to.
0: I know. It help. actually breaks my heart. Like, my heart has been hurting listening to All these yeah. stories because it honestly does break my heart because we really trust them and this is majority yeah. i said in the beginning of the podcast this is generalization but yeah. generally speaking doctors aren't so great in this area no and i
4: um i do actually have a friend that's a doctor and i told her about my experience at the gynecologist and she was just like yeah they tell you that because people expect miracles all the time
3: and I was Okay. Like, okay there's
4: a nicer way to go about it than telling me to get a history you know um yeah that i just we're not told, you know, frequently that there are other places you can go to get help for these I situations, um, which is sad. So you know, it's it's easy that for you them educate. to say
0: thank you. It's easy for them to say take this drug. It's also pretty easy for them to say go to a naturopath or here's a period coach or yeah. um, you know flush out your estrogen. Like there's so many different things. I mean, it's so simple. Like they could literally make an ebook. Of like natural solutions to endo and you could read it and already start. Yeah. Yeah. Make sure that, and for you and any other girls listening with endo, do come to the art of um, coming off birth control, that that online workshop I'm going to do, just because the protocol is pretty much the same yes um so it's going to relate to whether you have endo heavy periods painful periods or coming off the pill it's all pretty much the same so make sure you come as well georgia yeah yes perfect i have been i've been looking at it it does sound amazing (laughs) good 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 um was there anything else you want to share about your story with the doctors or how anything that you wanted to mention to these women or anything like that yeah just
4: um Ladies, don't leave it so long. You don't have to suffer with it. Um, I surprise myself every time I think about how much I suffered with it, and just kind of accepted it. Um, and well, it's, it's, it's just period
0: pain, right? It's just period pain, Georgia. Suck it up. It's just period
4: pain. You're vomiting, but don't worry about that. <laughs> That's <it>. totally, <laughs> normal. <Yeah>. totally normal. It's totally normal. Oh, you know. <laughs> oh God, when I think back, um, yeah, just like do your research my research is yeah. how I how I you know got onto the arena which obviously is it's helped me because I'm not in pain anymore but it's not the best solution it's not a solution to this problem yeah. um but then research is how I found you and mastermind so then yeah. we grow and we work on that um it's just yeah if say something push push yeah oh yeah you have to
0: push even when i go and get my bloods done and Mm. i'm the period coach and i still (laughs) am like on the verge of tears because they're being such a holes and i'm like it's my fucking blood if i want my thyroid tested i can get it tested like
4: (laughs) i will have my blood taken out
0: if i want to exactly 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 oh thank you so much for sharing your story georgia there's gonna be so many women that relate so i really appreciate you taking the time to come on and everything thank you so much hey talana Hi, Monica, how are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Good, thanks. Thank you so much for jumping on. And so last minute as well. Okay, so can you just tell us about your story with doctors?
6: Sure. Um, Well, to sum it up, I basically was struggling with what I initially thought was recurrent UTIs, um, which is definitely a big problem
4: for a lot of females.
0: I'm actually about to have somebody on the podcast for that. I've got a friend from New York. Uh, she has an incredible brand. And um, we're going to do a whole thing on UTIs because she's like UTI queen.
6: Oh, amazing. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. So, um, like, I went through Western medicine. That's all I really knew at the time. And I was given crap load of antibiotics. I was put on, like, eight rounds within eight months, basically, around every month.
3: Awesome.
6: Um, I love that. Yeah. And it got to the point where um, my data was really inconclusive. So, they weren't actually finding any bacteria, but they'd give me the antibiotics anyway. Mm -hmm. Um, So I was sent off to a specialist. I was sent off to a gyno and they basically said that um, they needed to check for endometriosis around the bladder. Um, And to do that, they need to do surgery. And I was like, well, I don't have endometriosis. Like, my periods are great. They're fine. I don't have any endosymptoms at all. And she basically said, well unless we rule this out, then I can't work with you any further. And I was like, okay, fine, because I don't really want to go through surgery when yeah. I go. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, I mean, through my own research, I kind of looked into interstitial cystitis, and um, I'm pretty sure that that's what I was kind of dealing with. And then I went through Chinese medicine, an amazing Chinese med prac, and yeah. she healed me up through, like, balancing my, like, Liver, my body systems, yep. my kidneys especially, and yeah, fixing my diet because I had no idea about natural medicine before any of this. So
0: go Chinese medicine doctors.
6: Yeah, so now I'm actually studying naturopathy and I'm um, doing health coaching as well.
0: Love it! All happens for a reason.
6: Yeah, exactly.
0: And I'm so glad that you did not listen to that that guy. No.
6: Yeah, my gut was just like, nope, like you are not having surgery just to rule something out. So.
0: so when, you obviously sound like quite a strong woman, which is awesome. When she said that to you, were you disheartened or you were like, all right, bye, like you didn't care?
6: Um, Look, it was a really tough time. I've kind of repressed a lot of that, to be honest, as well. Um, yeah, so yeah, like I was definitely disheartened. Like straight away, I was just like, nope, like I don't want to have surgery or anything like that. I just knew that it was not the right path to go down. Um, But yeah, like I was struggling with this issue every month and it was really difficult. It was extremely painful. And the only thing that was kind of working was antibiotics, which was also destroying my body even more. And Mm yeah, my daughter was inconclusive. So I just, it was definitely a difficult place to be and I felt like quite hopeless.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm so glad that you found that Chinese medicine doctor and you listen to your gut and now you're studying naturopathy. Yeah. So, and you'll definitely, yeah. I'll, I'll put, um, a thing on my Instagram story for the, um, podcast episode where I bring Lindsay on to talk about UTIs. So make sure you throw all your questions in there. Yeah. Definitely. And then we're going to do a fun giveaway with her products because she has incredible products. Awesome. Amazing. Thank you so much, Talana, for coming on. No problem. Thanks. Have a good night. Hey, Caitlin. Hi, Monica. Thank you so much for jumping on. So can you please tell us all your experience with the doctors and your story?
5: Okay. Well, um, my story started um, last year when I found out that I had polycystic ovary syndrome Um, and I went to the doctors after about two years of having no periods so I kept continually going to the doctors and I was very concerned obviously they didn't seem very concerned after about even a year of not having periods and I was like uh, it's not normal to not have your period for a year Um, I'm not pregnant we've done all the tests um, and You know, I've gained a lot of weight. There was other symptoms that I was confused about. Um, And after a lot of persisting with them, um, they sent me off for an ultrasound. Um, They didn't give me any idea of, oh, it could be this or, you know, there was no... So you didn't know why you were getting an ultrasound? No, they didn't even say, oh, it could be this. It was just, all right, well this isn't working. So we're going to try this. Um, I went to the ultrasound, obviously like a bit scared and nervous, very unsure. Um, and then went to the results by myself thinking, Oh, it won't be anything major or, you know, Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, they said, Oh, you've got polycystic ovary syndrome. Um, and there was not really any, Oh, let's, help you with that it was kind of just like you've got that and um, this is gonna mean that your chances of having children are a lot slimmer obviously I've left that doctor's appointment feeling like upset having like no idea thinking, oh, I'm only like 24. And that's, you know, that's it for me. Like, I can't have children. I can't, you know, um, I called my husband and he cried and because he obviously had no idea. Yeah, it's, it's scary. But, um, and he, yeah, we all had no idea. So um, I actually spoke to my mom, who only was a pharmacist assistant. And she goes, I know so much on this subject already. Like, let's start doing research. Let's, you know, let's have a look at what things we can do. Oh, I know this person and that person in our family that, you know, have it. And so I felt like I had more of a support network from Mm. like people I knew that weren't even medical professions. Yeah. the people that you think you would get that information from. She didn't even like, I think she handed me a piece of paper, the doctor with plastic ovaries. And it was very, it was like a Wikipedia page. Wow. Print out. Oh, here you go. And I was kind of like, I don't know if that's going to help me. So
0: yeah. Okay. (laughs) And then what's happened since that? How soon after that happened, you came and saw me, you haven't had a period for how long? Two years. Okay. And then we got your cycle back on track. Yeah. So
5: I was, I then immediately pretty much after talking with you, um, like got rid of the pill, the pill oh, and
0: left the building. So that when, did was they, one of the things when did they that pop she, you on the pill?
5: So I've been on the pill probably since I were, well, I've been on the pill and I've also had an implant on in my arm, which, yep. which is, I feel like it didn't bring, it almost brought on the PCOS because I never had any other symptoms before that. And obviously that maybe was a trigger for it or Definitely. Yeah, I know you from that. Um, but yeah, so the pill the pill I've been I was on for a long time, I think. And now. what was
0: the reason for going on the pill?
5: Uh contraception. Okay,
0: yeah. cool. So what cool. I and when you went to the doctor if you can remember that far back when you went to the doctor um did he give you or she give you an option for you know you know you only get pregnant this many days of your cycle this is how to tell when you're ovulating this is the fertility awareness method
5: there was none of that and there was very much like that negativity if you like even when i'd said oh we're not we're not looking to get pregnant, but I'm off the pill. Cause at that stage I wasn't, you know, we were thinking about it, but we were getting married and there was lots Mm. of things going on. And she was like, yeah, she was like, so you're, you know, you're, you're having children. We're like, no, 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 we're just, I'm just not on the pill at the moment because I don't need to be. Yeah. and It was that resistance and yeah, just, yeah, there was just that such resistance from her, like, that's not what you do.
0: Yeah. <laughs> like, okay. So then you went, on it, you went on it after that conversation with her?
5: So no, I I just decided from our conversations together that I was not going to, and I was cool. just going to stick with it. And, and oh, oh
0: sorry, sorry. I see. You came off the pill. That's right. You came off the pill. Then you went to the doctor and you were like, and she was like, why aren't you on the pill? Like you're going to fucking fall yeah. pregnant. And you're like, no, I'm not. Um. And then you came and saw me. Yeah. Cool. But
5: yeah. Just, just mostly like I think that was such a big deal polycystic ovary syndrome for me and I just feel like that it definitely put my trust in the doctors a lot a lot lower down and even mm-hmm. like things that my friends have said along the way and I'm like oh you really need to look elsewhere now that I know that they're just not supporting that
0: yeah yeah me. yeah How do you feel now that you're off the pill and that you've done like, like you've obviously worked with me, you've cleaned yourself out, all that jazz. How do you feel now? What are your symptoms like now with the PCOS? Uh,
5: Yeah, very like very well maintained when I stick to what I like, what is best for me. And Mm -hmm. I know when I go like off track, I'm like, oh, I don't, (laughs) Very good, like I shouldn't have ate that, or I shouldn't have had that sort of food that I didn't really need. But you know, and it's like, oh, you definitely know now that you've kind of cleaned out your lifestyle, and then you go, oh, you know, I shouldn't, you know, you definitely know what's right and what's wrong for your body. And I think that's why I knew straight away I was like, I think I'm pregnant, like because I know my body so well now, yeah, I'm so in tune with myself that I know the lidless things that i didn't know before like if i was like i think i'm getting a bit sick i wouldn't have thought that before but now i'm like "Mm, yeah like i know exactly what's happening with my body so
0: i love that thank you so much for sharing caitlin the power of tuning into your body it gives you all the answers that you need yeah it does hey jenna Hey Monica, how are you? Good, thank you. Thank you so much for um, jumping on. Can you please tell us your story with the doctors?
3: Sure. So, um, I was working on yachts uh, over in Europe for a few years. So, this was about 2016, um, and I was having some pain in my left breast. Uh, It hurt to sleep, it hurt to exercise, it hurt to touch. I'd never had problems before. Uh, I went and saw a doctor. And they did an ultrasound, a mammogram, and then an MRI, just to be sure that everything was okay. Um, They didn't do a biopsy. They said uh, it was just a fibroid adenoma, which is just a growth. It's basically a non-cancerous tumor. Um, And I asked them at the time, is this related to the pill? Um, I've been on the pill since I was 17, and I'm 30 now. So at the time, it was about 10 years on the pill no, no, it's not. You can stay on the pill. No big deal. It's just something that happens. And so, I was okay, okay. You know, at the time I was young, I was in a foreign country and I just said, all right. Uh, and they said, just get it rechecked with an ultrasound every sort of six to 12 months to make sure it doesn't grow. So I've, I've done that. I did. I was in Italy rechecking it and it was fine. Fine. Still, nobody connected it to anything. I asked about the pill. No, no, it's fine. Uh, So this year, I went to an American doctor here, and she said, oh, well, we can't do an ultrasound. We have to do an ultrasound and a mammogram, and we have to do some BRCA testing, which is really expensive to make sure you don't carry the cancer gene. Uh, And it's a really serious test. Like, it's an emotional thing, and she sort of kind of terrified me a little bit.
0: Oh, yeah, (laughs) of course. It would be terrifying.
3: (laughs) No one had told me that i should consider it to be breast cancer or that i might get breast cancer so um that that was really upsetting um she said yeah you know your mother should get brca testing and you know i'm going to send you to get this done straight away uh so and i asked her as well i said you know is this related to the pill should i consider stopping it or changing it at the time i was having pain again Uh, And she said, Oh, that's totally normal. When you're on the pill, you know, women get breast pain and tenderness. It's nothing to be concerned about, kind of brushed off my concern about it. And she was like, Oh, you know, for the side effects, why don't you try this pill? And she gave me a prescription for a different pill. It was a slightly different formula, um, which I didn't end up switching to. And I didn't want to follow up with her just because I felt so kind of shook up and really uncomfortable. Uh, she, she scared me, she, she did. Um, so I actually flew back to Italy to follow up with the doctor that I had there because I sort of had an established care plan and I knew that what was to expect there. So I flew back th- right after that. So this was in October of this year. Uh, and they said it grew, the fibroadenoma had grown still, I said, you know, is this because I'm still on the pill? No, no, it's fine. Keep taking it. Um, it's just something that happens. And if it reaches two centimeters, we'll take it out. We'll do surgery. My God. Um, I, <laughs> yeah. So I said, okay, well, it, at this point, it's like thirteen point thirteen by nine millimeters. So it's still a little ways to go, but it's mm. growing. And I said, so what can I do? Like, can I alter my diet? Can I, what, like, what else can I do to basically prevent this from happening? And it was, I was just sort of left with, it's just something we watch. There's nothing we can do. So, I mean, at this point, I'm still on the pill. I'm just sort of left hanging. Like, I have to keep getting these rechecks, and it's just, it's really stressful. I think about it a lot, especially if I ever have like a twinge of pain it's, uh, uh, yeah.
0: Are you off the pill now?
3: No, no, I'm still on it. Like I'm, I've been on it for so long and I'm just, I don't, I've now seen three doctors and not one of them has even sort of like opened up a discussion about considering stopping it or what are my other options? You know that the
0: estrogen in the pill is going to contribute to the fibroid growing.
3: Exactly. And I, I that's sort of why I asked the question and I've never really pressed any of them further. Uh, and I guess because no one's really given me quote permission, I've just kind of kept doing what I've been doing. Yeah. Um, it's like, do I, (laughs) do I test this out on my own or do I just listen to what all of these doctors have, have said to do?
0: So what are they saying now?
3: Um, I mean, when I went to Italy, uh, a couple months ago they just said come back in six months because it did grow they said two, 12 months is too long to wait and he said to just stay on the pill he didn't think that it was related <laughs>
0: and you still have the breath tenderness like you still have a sore boob
3: it's it's weird, like it's really cyclical, and it's really it's worse when I'm stressed. Mm. It's worse when I'm not sleeping well. It's worse if I'm drinking alcohol. So I'm really just trying to do a lot more sort of self care and mitigate the issues on my end. Um, but I know that I need to address. <laughs> I need to address. <laughs> But again, it's like, who do I go, who do I talk to,
5: you
0: know? Well, because also the doctors don't, doctors make us scared to come off the pill as well. Yeah. They're not, they don't exactly make it a supportive process. So majority of women that I speak to, they don't want to come off the pill because they're too scared to, they don't know what's going to happen to them when they come off it. And that's what's then so scary about it. Um, So if they're not supporting you in that, I totally understand why it's like, I don't know, I don't know what to do yeah because is is it going to be worse when you come off the pill you don't know because they don't support you I mean it's not going to be worse when you come off the pill but like they don't support you in telling you any of this or like this is the protocol for coming off the pill to make sure you don't you know go psycho or anything they just you know nap the pill's not related I'm like yeah kind of is
3: (laughs) yeah well and from I've and of course like nobody really has the discussion with you like I'm I like science I like health you know I like to know why these things are happening what the studies are saying what they're finding and I don't really feel like I ever get that discussion with a doctor they're always rushed I get it you know it's fine but so I feel like I do a lot of digging on my own and I definitely see the connection between the estrogen and well the estrogen is pretty much what is causing the fibroadenoma but it's hard to say is that because I'm on the pill or is would coming off the pill, if I have all these big spikes and surges of estrogen, is that worse? Like it's hard no, to No So
0: the thing is with the pill, depending which one you're on, it can be, it's, it's four times plus the amount of estrogen in our body. Yeah. So it's like the amount of estrogen we normally have in our body, I'd actually find the actual statistic and then I'll fix this up at the end of, um, like I'll re listen to this, but it's something like, and it's in the pill episode that I've done. It's like, you need to have, um like a trillion women or 100,000 women all getting their estrogen together in their blood and putting that on a teaspoon, that would create one teaspoon of estrogen. Like it's something like the actual amount naturally produced in our body is so fucking tiny compared to the pill. I mean, you think about it, it's got to be enough to shut your system down. It's got to be enough to shut the connection between your brain and ovaries down. It's a lot of estrogen. I actually just wanted to quickly just clarify that statistic for you all. It was 6 a.m. in the morning when you recorded this. That's why my voice is a little bit um, funnier. So the pill delivers four times the amount of estrogen naturally occurring in our body, and our hormones are, generally speaking, measured in parts per trillion. So in order for us to collect a teaspoon of naturally occurring estradiol found in a woman's body, we need to distill the blood of 250,000 women of childbearing age to get one teaspoon. So a quarter of a million women... We have to get the blood from a quarter of a million women to get one teaspoon of estradiol okay and it just kind of shows um how finely balanced our hormones are and how tiny the amount of estradiol in our body actually is so when you are throwing four times the amount of this into our body you can see how it's so easy how it can so easily fuck our whole system up because it throws everything out of balance because it's so finely in tune naturally and we just kind of throw this all out um yeah okay let's continue with the interview You know, like it stops you from ovulating and having a period, having a cycle and affects every single organ in your body. So it's a lot of estrogen. So even, um, I get where you're coming from, but when you come off the pill, you don't have as much, nearly as much estrogen and your liver isn't, your liver isn't being clogged by this artificial estrogen, you know? So if your liver's working properly, it's going to flush it out.
3: Yeah. And I've been on it for so long, since I was 17 and, you know, it's coming on 13 years now. So I don't even know what a normal cycle would be. Like, I, I don't even know what to expect or sort of what my other options are. Like, it doesn't feel like I have any other option from a doctor other than an IUD, yeah. um, which I'm not interested in. Yeah. I don't feel like they'll talk to me. I'm sort of interested in the whole, um, like the fertility awareness and checking yeah. your, your temperature and all of that. I'm interested in that, but I know that a doctor is probably not going to recommend it or
0: No, they they tend to blow it off because they think it's the rhythm method, but it's not. Exactly. But you you don't want to use the rhythm method. That shit <laughs> no, is no. not accurate. Don't fucking use no, that. No. Um, so like, make sure I- <laughs> Yeah, make sure you come to my um online workshop if you can make it.
3: Yeah, I saw that. That looks yeah. I really need to Yeah
0: come because at least you get the education aspect so you can just start thinking about it and then when you yeah. feel like comfortable enough then you can come off it but then at least you know how to come off it properly so you don't get um, you know, like a slap in the face when you do come off it. And we'll talk about other options and stuff in there. Cause I know the girls will ask about it, um, about your other options for contraception and, and all that jazz. And, you know, um, it's really important to be just having your hormones balance. Cause once they're balanced, then you're only worrying about contraception and you can only fall pregnant like six days out of your cycle. Yeah. You know, so it's like not even that long, really. When you can understand your body and trust your body, then like the chance of you falling pregnant is actually slimmer using the fertility awareness method than the pill, which is crazy. Oh, but they've now found that you can get um, earrings that give you synthetic estrogen as birth control. How fucked is that? What? That is crazy. <laughs> anyway, what is the world coming to? You? Anything else you want to share with us, Jenna, or share with the ladies?
3: Um,. No, I think that's it. I just, um, I know what it feels like to feel like you're kind of on your own and alone. And uh, when you're going to doctors who should know how to help you and make you feel healthy and good and, and you just feel stressed and alone and it's, it's really difficult. And I feel like it's time that we start to find answers and solutions that make it better. Yeah, I agree. Thank you
0: so much, Jenna.
7: Hey, Haley. Hi you. I'm good. I'm excited. Thanks for having me. Thank you for coming on. So can you please
0: tell us your story with the doctors?
7: Yeah. So um, about four years ago, I was diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis and um, I've always kind of been a bit um, interested in natural health. And so when I first got my rheumatology appointment, one of the things that, that I asked them was about what I could do naturally. I didn't want to go on any medication But they pretty much said, There's nothing I could do nutritional wise, there's nothing I could do, herb or pretty much anything. They really dismissed it and said, You've got your rheumatoid is quite aggressive, and we need to sort it out now. If you don't go on medication, we're pretty much it's going to get worse, and you'll get deformities and all sorts of things, which is obviously pretty scary. It was a really new concept for me. I was only 31. Like, I'm not supposed to have rheumatoid arthritis. I'm still young. So, yeah, I started taking some of the medication. And initially, I was going back to the doctors quite frequently every few months to monitor my blood levels and things. And then every time I went, I would ask them, you know, what can I do food-wise? Is there anything that I could take um, supplement-wise? And I was seeing different rheumatologists each time because I was through the public system. And every single one of them said, there's nothing I could do food-wise. There's nothing I could do naturally. It was a genetic blood condition, so I need to treat it with medication. There was one that suggested uh, fish oil supplements. But apart from that, I just got medication, medication, medication.
0: Wow. Okay. And then what happened after you started going on the medication?
7: So my symptoms really cleared up, which was great. um, But I still feel really uncomfortable taking so much medication. One of my drugs is a, a low dose chemotherapy drug, so I lost half of my hair. Um, a couple of the other drugs are really well, they're all really bad for my body, but one of them is really bad for my liver. And so I was like, this is not okay. I can't continue doing this for the rest of my life. I want to see what else I can do. So I jumped on some Facebook groups. I started doing my own research. I yeah, I just really resourced some things that wasn't the typical Western medic, um, medicine field. You know, our body is supposed to, it's designed to heal itself mm. and I'm just pumping my body full of all of this synthetic crap and I don't feel great about it. And so it's a temporary band-aid, but I'm playing the long game. So yeah, I want to, I want to sort myself out. Naturally.
0: Love it. And you, I think you said on your Instagram message to me that you got cystic acne or something when you started taking this?
7: Yeah. So the third, um, the third medication that they gave me, I started to really break out and I've never really had bad skin, but this wasn't just bad skin. This was like golf ball sized, horrible, painful cysts on my face. And obviously I felt really insecure really uncomfortable yeah it was just really really bad and um, so I went to the doctors and I obviously couldn't go off that medication because my rheumatoid pain would flare up so I went to my GP and they gave me this cream that was horrendous it was just so bad it was like burning my face off so that stopped pretty quickly and then the next thing they said that yeah, they just said that I needed to go on the pill. And I'd been on the pill before, but I wanted to, you know, in my aim to try to get as much medication out of my body as possible. I hadn't been on the pill for a couple of years. And they pretty much said, you know, this is this will sort it out. And I didn't even think about it, to be, to be honest, too much because I just wanted the cysts gone off my face.
0: So when you were put on the pill by the doctors, did they... Um Did they give you any other options for the pill? Did you ask them about, um, you know, what the side effects of the pill were? Like why did they say the pill was going to fix the cystic acne?
7: I think they just said no. They just, that was just, it was, this is what you can take. And I think because I'd taken it before, I thought, okay, well, I hadn't taken it before for acne because I Mm. hadn't had bad skin, but the doctor's, that's what they offered me and they're the doctors and they're supposed to know everything. Totally, and, 100%. <laughs> so I just trusted them and I didn't ask too many questions. I don't even think the first time I went on the pill when I was 17, I asked too many questions and I don't recall them giving me much information about the pill then.
0: Yeah, don't worry. That's the majority. Um, so you also said in your message that you asked them um, the, about gut health and they denied yeah. that, having any
7: correlation? Yeah, the, my last rheumatology appointment, which was late last year, I again mentioned something about gut health because by this point I'd pretty much said this is what I'm doing. I'm changing my diet because I want to go off my medication. And the, the woman said, oh, yeah, there is a little bit of research about gut health. And I thought, what are you talking about, a little bit of research? <laughs> I, that, I, it blew my mind. It blew my mind. Yeah, was wow. supposed to be doctors in their specialized field and they hadn't really heard of it at all. That's crazy. So that was really shocking.
0: So when you said to them, um, I'm changing my diet, I'm gonna get off the medication, did they say like anything about that? Or do they think you're a crazy chick?
7: Yeah. They just looked at me like I was a hippie dippy yeah, okay. and was like, Oh, good luck, you know, whatever helps you sleep at night or feel better. That was pretty much all they said because i even asked them about turmeric oh said, really yeah no nothing wow 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 i remember when uh-huh. i when yeah. i um
0: had my ski accident i said to my surgeon he thought i was pretty loopy i mean i my accident was i needed western medicine that's what it that's how bad it was but uh um, and there is a place western medicine of course and i said to him it's fine i've got turmeric i'm just gonna heal it with my mind And he was like monica you actually <laughs> can't heal it
7: <laughs> It's just so bullshit because we can. The mind is so powerful. I know. I know, I know, I know. It's definitely know. a place for Western medication. Like I would not be able to function my daily life without it. Oh, so I wouldn't have
0: had it. a leg if I didn't have Western medicine. Of course yeah. we need it. But um, even my physio, like, you know, take any and all my, all my other surgeons that I've seen and they're like, you need to take neurofens, you need to get a cortisol injection um, for the inflammation. And I'm like, uh, no way, I'll just up my turmeric. And yeah. honestly, I had a really bad ankle pain after my surgery because I had a third degree um, sprain that nobody picked up on. And they wanted to give me a cortisol injection because they found out after I pushed and pushed and pushed for an MRI, they found out that it was there because I was in so much pain all the time and complaining. And they're like, we'll just give you a cortisone injection or a cortisol injection um, and then it'll go away. And I was like, no, I'm actually just going to trick my mind into believing I've got no pain and it's gone. Like I don't have it anymore. It's really occasional that I'll get pain if I've been walking a lot. But mm-hmm. honestly, as soon as I was just like, no, nope. Monica doesn't even have the choice of pain in her ankle anymore. Oh, it's crazy. Like the mind is so fucking powerful and it's rare to find a doctor. I had, I've got one doctor on my team that is very into brain stuff. Um, and it's, but it's really rare to find a doctor that's like into the whole brain side of things. Um, yeah. really, I, I need to hunt these doctors out that I've come across actually again yeah. and try and get them on the podcast. Actually, I'm so going to do that. <laughs> so that would be really good, really, really, really good. good.
7: I know they can't be perfect and so I know they're so busy and they're overwhelmed, yeah. run down and there's so much information. But I feel if you're passionate about, i.e. rheumatoid arthritis, wouldn't you look at the 360 spectrum of all yeah. of the possibilities?
0: 100%. Not just the,
7: the shit that pays your wage. And, yeah.
0: I know, I know. Yeah. I totally <laughs> agree with you. Thank you so much, Haley, for your time. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you so much. Hi, Yamoah. How are you?
5: I'm
8: good. How are you?
0: Good, thank you. Thanks for jumping on. So, can you please tell us your story with the doctors?
8: Yes, of course. So, when I was about 15, 16, was having very irregular periods. They were really painful, really heavy. I thought it was okay, like a normal thing and a good thing to have my period, like every three, six months. And all my friends are like, what's wrong with you? Like, you know, month, I'm like, yeah, I'm a lucky one. You know, I get them every three, six months. It, it's fine. So I thought that was a normal thing until it started to get really heavy and it was just so painful. So I went to the doctors. Of course, what they did was put me on the pill. And I just thought, just didn't feel right from such a young age, like, taking a pill every single day i was like no like this doesn't feel right so i just decided to stop myself i was like you know i'm not gonna do this
0: love it
8: stop it couldn't be bothered and then stop it got really painful again and you know my skin was breaking out everything was worse so i went back to doctors they're like no we'll put you on a different pill it'll be better for you it's going to fix everything so i went on the pill again and I was like you know what like I don't like this so I got off it and then ended up going back to the doctors because it was just not getting better and they were telling me that it was you know puberty and I was going and you know pains were normal and then they said oh it could be that's a good one
0: puberty I haven't heard that one before
8: yeah you're just a teenager you still you know your body's changing it's a normal thing it happens to everyone and then Went to a doctor and they said it could be endometriosis. Like, oh, okay. Like, I don't know what that is. Mm. And then end up having a laparoscopy. Yeah. Which, you know, I really didn't want to.
0: So they, did they make you get that? Or what, they, what pushed you to getting it if you didn't want to get it?
8: Well, they sent me to a gynecologist mm-hmm. because my GP couldn't help me. And he said, well, the only thing I can do is do a keyhole surgery and look what's inside you and what's wrong. I said, you know, don't have to get a surgery, I guess, otherwise I can't see what's inside you.
0: Right, okay. But
8: I kept getting it, it was, you know, a bit traumatizing. Mm, like,
0: yeah, of course. Like... Yeah.
8: And at the time, like, I was in college, so yes. I didn't want to go through something like that. Yeah. And found nothing. Wow. So I went through that for basically nothing. And obviously, after all that, my body was just not good. I was yeah. so that I literally looked like I was pregnant my stomach was so painful all the time my skin was just horrible like, I couldn't even explain it was embarrassing to go outside let alone go to school and work that just went on for you know four or five years and then I decided to um, go back and see someone it was a lovely lady and then um she did a ultrasound on me. Mm-hmm. She's like, has anyone done an ultrasound on your ovaries before? I said, no, but did a surgery. Yeah, what the fuck? So she, she was literally like, what the fuck? So you're going <laughs> straight up, did a surgery on you without doing the ultrasound? I was like, yes. And she's like, it's probably because he wanted the money. Mm, gosh. And at the t- same time, I didn't have any healthcare, medical or insurance. Oh, like wow. It was so expensive. Wow. But this whole time I was thinking, you know, I just had something wrong with me. And anyway, after the ultrasound, um, my GP found out that I had PCS, like the pelvic congested yep. syndrome, yep. but basically had like my veins on my right ovary wasn't, you know, functioning properly. It was really weak. So the blood was just pulling up there. Yeah. Yeah. Strong enough. So that was it. After all that many years, one GP was able to diagnose what it was. It was a PCS. And after that, with some treatments and stuff, it's been just so much better being off the pill and looking after myself.
0: Yeah. So what have you done now that's helped
8: besides obviously getting off the pill? Well, getting off the pill, I think, you know, changed my life. I feel better. I'm not, you know, an angry bitch all the time. (laughs) Having those mood swings and one day being so happy and the other day just being you know horrible to everyone and being you know all depressed and everything or also in the meantime while I was on the pill because it was messing up with my mental health so much and I got to a point where I was like having panic attacks all the time and one of my doctors well where I work in the healthcare industry, like, one of the doctors ran into me while I was having a panic attack. Hmm, what happened? He goes, like, what's wrong with him? Like, I can't breathe. And I was, like, hyperventilating and stuff. And then he gave me these drugs. I don't even know what it was. He's like, oh, just take these, you know, they're going to make you feel better every time you have um, a panic attack. And wow.
0: Then- so wait till you had a panic attack and then pop some pills.
8: Yeah. So I took some, you know, pills I didn't know, went to the pharmacy, filled out the scripts and every time, you know, I felt like I was uh, having a panic attack, I'll just take these thinking that it was making me feel better. And I just found out that it was, you know, medication that people take when they have like asthma and lung problems and heart problems. It's, that's ridiculous. Wow. But this whole time I was getting treated for something, that you know,
0: cropping, just and that's oh the classic God. thing, right? It's like, we pop you on the pill and then another problem comes up. So I'll put you on another drug and then another drug for that drug side effects. And then another drugs for all the other drug side effects until you're just like basically your own fucking pharmacy.
8: Exactly. I've had all these pills I was taking, like, you know, for panic attacks you know, pills to make me feel better and obviously the normal pill. And at the same time, like all these painkillers and everything to help, which was, you know, really bad. And then um, I think about a year ago now, I've been feeling so much better because I decided to stop taking all the medications that they've given me. And I cut down, you know, I came across you, And listening to all your podcasts and everything, I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna see how everything's gonna go. So cut down on so much sugar, cut down on gluten, and stopped eating dairy. And I don't think I have ever felt
0: this good. Oh, that's so good to hear.
8: My skin is so much better. I I was gonna
0: say when you were saying that you've got like that you had bad skin. It's like, well, you wouldn't know now because your skin looks like it's absolutely glowing.
8: Yeah, like my skin is so good. I can't even believe it. I almost went to a dermatologist and got prescribed Roaccutane.
0: Yeah, wow. And it's a shame that the doctors couldn't have said that in the beginning. Try cutting out these three things in your diet and then come back to us. No,
8: they just kept on putting me on pills and putting me on surgeries and all this stuff. And it could have been just simple as cut down on all these things and look after yourself.
0: Yeah, I know. Thank you so much for sharing your story and coming on.
8: That's, you know, a pleasure. I, I hope everyone hears these. And, you know, if you do these things, it actually helps you. You don't S- need to keep taking pills.
0: Oh, so good to hear. Anything else that you wanted to tell the women that are listening?
8: Well, just don't take so many pills.
0: <laughs> Love it. Thank you. Wow oh wow so I know ladies that was on the longer side of things definitely for one of my podcasts even for a normal podcast it's definitely on the longer side Um, but I just these women had you know taken the time to reply to my message on Instagram about you know I wanted girls that had stories that they wanted to share and they took their precious time to come and share this with all of you so I think the least we can do for them but also for the you know, our future daughters and all the other women that don't know this and are too afraid to speak up, or they don't even know they have the opportunity to speak up or say no to their doctor or trust their gut, like trust that there's something majorly wrong or that a pill isn't going to fix it. I think we kind of owe it to them to share the love, don't you reckon? So with saying that, I would be so grateful if you guys could please um, share this podcast episode, screenshot, pop it in your Instagram stories, all that jazz, like I said at the beginning. But what I also want to preface is like, this is just the a very, very minute amount of women that sent me a DM. There I got so many DMs of just horrendous stories that I'm just like, what the fuck is going on? Even one of my other clients, she was, you know, messaging me this morning. uh, She was, uh, what's it called, voice recording a message to me this morning crying because her doctor, again, would not listen to what she was trying to say. And it's honestly disgusting and alarming because the bottom line is, yeah, we do reckon that doctors should know everything because they are in charge of our health. And when they don't listen, this is not about doctor hating or anything. This is about trying to encourage doctors, not doctor hating. It's trying to encourage doctors to actually spend the time looking into other options that aren't just so drug-based. That's really what this is. Really, this is just about, you know, maybe giving the doctors a little bit of pressure that they need or an invitation that they need to actually look at other areas and not just prescribe a drug, and understand that's actually a Band-Aid effect, and it's giving us permission to speak up. So I'm going to record another podcast interview, which will be part two, it won't be an interview, it's going to be me talking, um, about how to talk to your doctors, and so you can listen to that, and then go make sure that you stand in your power when you are talking to your doctors. Um, Really hope you guys all got something out of today's session. I guess it wasn't really like a learning thing. It was more just like an awareness thing. Um, But it's also a learning experience because you're understanding that these women have gone through this and they've discovered their own paths, own choices, done their own, you know, getting rid of, changing their lifestyle and food and the big impact that that has made. So please share the love with this podcast episode. I can't wait to do more of these again and talk more about them, about this issue. Please don't forget to also sign up for the turning, uh, the, what's it called? Um, the art of hormonal, the art of coming, I'm doing a good job at selling my own things, aren't I? The art of coming off hormonal birth control online free workshop. Make sure you sign up so that you are registered for that. So you can join in the fun and you don't miss out. Um, and I was going to say something else. Oh, I just am so fucking moved that this is my job. Like, honestly, I am so fucking grateful that this is my calling and that i get to do this amazing amazing work in the world like honestly from the bottom of my heart it blows me away that i'm making an impact like this like i just want you guys to understand that like i'm not being like of course i'm making an impact it's like i'm actually genuinely blown away that how much of an impact this podcast is having and my instagram and stuff and it honestly sets my fucking heart on fire and i'm fiery so it's more on fire than usual ah, okay. I'm going to go record another podcast. Um, thank you all so much for listening and I will talk to you next week. Bye. Well, thank you again for tuning in and listening to my podcast. I hope that you got lots of nuggets out of today's show. Uh, please, please, please. I would be really grateful if you could leave me a review so that more women can find the podcast and therefore I can help more women understand their period and fix their period problems because after all, it's a much nicer life to live when we actually love our cycle because we do have to um, keep up with it every single month. Also, if you have any friends or loved ones that you think enjoy my podcast, I'd be super grateful if you could send it to them as well just to share the love. And that's it for now. So I will catch you on the flip side. Have an amazing day or night wherever you are.